We're going to turn our Bibles to, the Lord just gave the word, so we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read from verse 11. Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 11. But faith, Sarah herself also, received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want to stop right here, as the Holy Spirit wants me to. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. How did Sarah receive strength when she was weak? What did Sarah have originally? What did she have? She had an irreplaceable weakness in her body. Sarah had an irreplaceable weakness in her body. Sarah had a weakness in her body that was not treatable, incurable. But something happened. That weakness was overtaken by not human strength, because human strength cannot replace that weakness, as we just saw. Incurable, irreplaceable. In the earthly sense, but it was replaced by divine strength. It was replaced by divine power. Strength equals power. Her weakness was replaced by divine strength. God's word says, When I am weak, then I am strong. In my weakness, his strength is being made manifest. How? If your weakness stays as weakness forever, then the situation is hopeless. But when that weakness is there, it's an opportunity where God's strength is manifested. For God's strength to be manifested, then there's something supernatural taking place there. Where? Impossible circumstance becomes possible. We must understand in order for us to see impossible to become possible, there has to be impossible first. Without impossible, there's no impossible becoming possible. In order for God's strength to be revealed, weakness has to be there. If there's no weakness, there's no need for God's strength to be revealed. In order for God's fullness to appear, there has to be a lack. Without the lack, there's no need for God's fullness to be manifested. So if you're in a place, you're thinking, why? You must understand, if you're looking for God to do something special in your life, then it has to happen in the midst of something negative. If you want to see positive, if you want to see God's power, it's not going to happen when you have your own power. It's not going to happen. Because if you already have, he's not going to come and say, okay, you already have, let me give you my fullness. No. Your part has to be empty. There has to be a need. And we must come to God as needy people. 
looking for God to manifest his glory. If you're praying, Lord, show me your glory, show forth your glory, then God's glory will come. But before that, we'll have to see something. If we need to see darkness, if we need to see light, then there has to be darkness before that. If we need to see a miracle taking place, then we have to see a need for the miracle to take place first. So, you look at Sarah's life. Before she received strength, she was weak. In the area of conception, she was not able to bear a child. In that weakness, God's strength came. How? By faith. Before God's strength came upon her body, before God's strength came to replace her weakness, she had to exercise her faith. How? By looking at the promise that God gave to her. She looked at the promise that God gave to her and was steadfast in believing on the word of God. What is faith? Let's just go back to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to take you to the definition that the Spirit of God has given to us from His Word. So let's just go to the beginning of Hebrews chapter 11 and we'll go to verse 1. Verse 1 Hebrews 11 verse 1. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is something that you're hoping for when you don't have it in front of you. You're hoping for something and you don't have the evidence for that. That this is going to happen. That means everything looks opposite. But you're hoping for something opposite to what you are seeing right now. How can you hope? What can you place your faith Upon, how can you hope against everything that looks hopeless? And we see that in Sarah's life here, where she was able to hope against everything that looked hopeless by placing her hope. Her hope needed to be placed on something. You can't just hope. When everything looks hopeless without having anything to hold on to. She placed her faith, her hope, upon the promise of God and the promise giver of that promise. Very important. Promise and the promise giver. Two things. One is the promise. You can't just hold on to the promise and say, I'm going to you know, let go of the promise giver. No. You need to hold on to the promise and the promise giver. How can you hold on to the promise and the promise giver? By faith. When you see everything look opposite, when everything looks totally, totally, totally opposite, it is important for you to fix your eyes on who? The promise giver, firstly. Secondly, the promise. You know why? The promise giver and the promise that God has given which the promise giver gave, they're both inseparable. God and His Word cannot be separated. 
God is the Word, the Word is God. We must keep our eyes on the promise giver. How can you keep your eyes on the promise giver? Someone can say like this, well, I wish I can see God. If I see God, then you know, I'll constantly keep on looking at Him. I don't see God. So how can I keep my eyes on the promise giver? Keeping your eyes on the promise giver is keeping your eyes on the word of God that God has given to you, the expressed word of God from His word. When God has given His word, it is important to constantly go after His word. Hunger and thirst after His righteousness. No matter what happens, nothing should stop you from from you pursuing the living God. Keeping your eyes on Him is. No matter what happens, my circumstance, my surroundings, the words of the people around you should not cause you to read your Bible less, should not cause you to feel so tired and exhausted that you don't feel like praying. If that is the case, then your faith is dependent on your surroundings. That's not going to go far. It's going to drop dead soon. But your faith has to be placed upon the living God, concrete faith. It has to depend on the promise giver and his promise. When your faith is placed upon God, who is the promise giver, and his word, which is the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, then your faith is never going to be shaken, no matter what you see around you, no matter what happens, no matter who says what, thousand people can come and say, well, this is not going to happen. Thousand people can come and say, thousand different things. But those who put their trust in the Lord, they will be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. Those who place their trust in the Lord will be confident in where they stand and how they stand, why they are standing where they are standing. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. It is very important for you to place your faith upon God Almighty, the promise giver, and the promise that God has given. Both are very essential. You can say, well, I'm reading, praying, I'm trusting God. I have my eyes on God, but you totally forget what He has spoken to you. It is important. In order for you to see the promise of God come to pass in your life, you need to do what Sarah did. Sarah placed her faith Against everything that was opposite, she placed her faith upon the promise giver and held on to his promise. Against everything that stood in front of her. To say, you're old. Even when you were young, you were not able to bear a child. It's never going to happen at this age. That too, this God came and gave some promise to your husband and you didn't even get it directly. It came through your husband and 
and your husband says that God is going to give you a child and that's going to come through you and and he's saying something and he left his country and you're following him and you're believing what he said and you didn't get a dream, you didn't get a vision, you didn't get this, no, all kinds of things, thousand things that Satan wanted to speak, he could have spoken to Sarah. You know what? Because the plan of God was going to unfold through Abraham. Through Abraham, through Sarah, through both of their seeds. God's plan for the whole mankind was going to be revealed. You think Satan would have just left Sarah? Every thought would have came. When she was weak in faith and brought her own plan, which was inspired by the enemy, she gave into that and as a result, Ishmael came in the picture. But then, she realized that it was a big mistake. Because she held on to half the thing, half the information. Or she believed in half of what God promised. Well, God said he was going to give to Abraham. It could be through Hagar too. That's not what the Lord said. So, but what she thought she believed, she brought human will, which was inspired by the enemy, into the picture. As a result of that, there was a big devastation, a heartache for her, for her husband, and for all of human race, until the world comes to an end. We see that happening. For centuries. War between Isaac and Ishmael. God is speaking to our hearts today. If God has spoken to you, it is so important for you to hold on to the promise giver and his promise. You see Sarah's faith grow after that, when she realized, okay, this is a huge mess. She started believing the word of God that was given by God to her husband. Yeah, it came through her husband. She started believing that. As she started believing the word of God that God gave through her husband to her, God said, you know what, I'm going to come and I'm going to speak to you, Sarah. Not only to Abraham, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to come and tell you that, Sarah, next year by this time, you're going to have a son. Next year by this time, you're going to have a son. So you know that God Almighty has given you the promise, not only to Abraham, to you. Not only through Abraham to you, but to you. Because you believed, I'm coming to you, and I'm going to give you directly my word. It was because of her faith in what God told Abraham, she was a wife who went with Abraham wherever God led her husband. Wherever God led him, she went with him because she believed in the God of her husband. God honored that faith. And God made a visit. Not when Abraham was just by himself and just spoke to Abraham like the other times. But this time, he spoke to Sarah. He spoke in a way that both Abraham and Sarah could hear. He came at a time when both of them there 
they were there and God gave the promise again to Abraham this time Sarah is receiving it directly from God first hand promise from God she held on to that she held on to the promise giver she held on to the promise for her to receive that from God Almighty now holding on to that like never before she counted him faithful she said he came and he spoke to me he spoke to me next time by this year I will have a son and I believe I believe I believe suddenly something happened at that moment suddenly something happened at that moment her faith mixing with the promise of God her faith in the faithfulness of God activated the strength of God in her body suddenly the strength of God overtook her weakness we have to also understand God has his timing this was God's time that's why God spoke to Abraham and Sarah and he said at the fullness of time next year by this time that was the time that was God's time but she was ready when the time came her faith was built up by her obedience to God through the revelation that she got through her husband all throughout this time followed him went with him did whatever God had spoken to her through Abraham with what she knew with what she heard to what extent she understood Sarah went along with her husband by faith with what you know with what God has shown you how much ever revelation God is giving to you if you're faithful to God in what God has shown you then God will come and speak to you even more God will come and reveal himself to you even more God will bless you even more God will expand your capacity to receive even more and what God wants to do in your life will be accomplished without fear without fear by faith by faith Sarah received strength she got that strength from God understand this in order for God to do something in your life you need to be in a position to receive how can you place yourself in a place where you can really receive from God a truly truly believing against what you see when you believe against what you see when you believe in God the God of the impossible what do you do at that moment you receive the strength of God that God has promised because he has promised already right so that's given when God promises something it's a given thing he gave it uh, what do you do when you believe you withdraw from what he has given you draw from what has already been given the finished work of Jesus on the cross is a done deal it's a done thing 
It's a given thing. Your faith in what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary combined with God's perfect time, we have to understand God's perfect time is there. Along with the power of God working in you when you believe in the word of God that God has promised will bring that miracle that God has promised. Sarah, with her infirmity, with a physical condition that was beyond human capacity to solve, her physical condition which was irreparable, God did a miracle in her life. There's nothing beyond recovery. Understand this. There's nothing beyond recovery when it comes to God Almighty. There's nothing, there's nothing for God's people, there's absolutely nothing that is beyond God's control if you are in the hands of the Almighty God. Nothing. God is speaking to your heart today. Are you faithful in what God has given to you? Are you faithful in the revelation that God has given to you? Are you faithful in what God has revealed to you so far? If so, God will reveal to you even more. God will give to you even more. God will cause you to blossom before Him even more. So when you have a problem, when you have a lack, when something goes wrong, when something goes beyond your control, if you're not sinning presumptuously, don't panic don't think as if something strange has happened to you. If you're getting closer to the Lord, then God is wanting to reveal Himself more to you. So when something goes wrong, know that, oh, that means God is going to show His power here. God is going to reveal Himself here. I'm going to press in. I'm going to go against everything that I see by keeping my eyes on the promise giver and His promise. He's faithful. He's faithful. If he said, ask and it shall be given, he's faithful to keep it. Who said it? Who said it? That's the question. Who said it? If the maker of heaven and earth said it, does he have the power to keep it? Oh yes. Is it his will that all men should be saved? That's a scripture. So are you praying according to His will if you're praying for your loved ones to be saved? Absolutely. So what's the problem here? Can we ever doubt? Is this ever going to happen? We can't. If we keep our eyes on Him. If we keep our eyes on His word. When things go wrong, so to speak. When things look like it's beyond our control. Remember Sarah. Remember Sarah. Don't forget Sarah. Remember Sarah. It's such an old age when everything looked opposite. Here, her husband is getting promise after promise after promise and he's coming to him, Sarah, this is what God said. This is what God said. Yes, I believe. Then there comes a point when God himself comes to Sarah. Sarah, everything looks like it's going from bad to worse because now your husband's body is dead and your body is dead too. What more is left? Nothing. 
but against all of that, God did a miracle for her because he gave his word. If God has given you his word, he will bring it to pass, provided you do what Sarah did. Receive your strength from God by looking at the promise giver intently and the promise that he has given, holding on to it dearly. Don't let it go. I want to take you to one scripture verse before we conclude for this morning. Let's just turn our Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. You, you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to read it again so that it just goes straight into your spirit. My brethren, that means brothers and sisters, count it all joy. Be happy when you fall into various trials. It's not talking about sin. It's talking about God-ordained path that God has for us when we go through difficult circumstances. Does it hurt? Absolutely. Does the pain increase? Absolutely. But do we lose hope? No. At that time, when we keep our eyes on the promise giver and his promise, we have every reason to be joyful in the hope that God has given to us. Why? Because he who has promised is faithful. So what is the Spirit of God saying here through this? Hey, this is an opportunity for God to reveal His glory here. How? Your faith is being put to test. When your faith is being put to test, it's not that, oh, I believe right now, so therefore everything is over now. I got what I was looking for, and every time you believe it just happens promptly, exactly the time that you think it happens, and that's it. You rise up with a testimony. It doesn't happen that way. Why? Because God is working out His image, the image of Jesus Christ in the life of every believer. So sometimes, according to His timing, the miracle will come after some time. But during the waiting process, what is happening? Your faith is being put to test, just like how Joseph's faith was put to test. What is happening at this time? When your faith is being put to test, something is happening. When you are taking this test, it's not only when you pass the test you get a reward. But during the test that God is giving, there is something that is developing inside of you even more stronger than ever before, which is patience. Patience. God's virtue is growing at a deeper level. You must understand that there is depth to the nature of God. Someone can say, well, I have God's love. We can have God's love. It's like a baby. The baby has the genes from the parents. But that doesn't mean the baby has arrived. No. The child's personality blossoms more and more as the child grows. The wisdom grows. Understanding grows. Vocabulary grows. Body grows. The strength grows. Immune system grows. According to how you nurture it. 
according to how you nurture it. It's very important. You give all the wrong things, then the child can end up dying soon or getting permanently sick or growing up to be an unproductive child. But with everything that you provide, according to what you know, when you're doing that which is good, then whatever is inside the child that has been put in, when the child was conceived, begins to take shape and form and continues to grow. Continues to grow. Whatever God has put inside of you, it is the testing period, it is the trial when God takes you through, causes the nature of Christ to grow at a deeper level. If you're somebody who is loving, He makes you, when I say loving, it's not talking about a person's personality, I'm talking about the nature of Jesus Christ. When a person is born into the kingdom of God, God's nature begins to form. When the God's nature begins to form, and it is being formed, and they're walking with God, you're walking with God, and the nature of Christ is already seen in you, when you go through even more, it goes to a whole new level, deeper level. So what happens when that patience is produced, it is a fruit that God is looking for, that is being formed and that is being produced. If you look at the trees, you know, we used to have fruit trees before. The first year when we had peach, um, the peach tree gave peaches, it was more than 650 peaches. But you know what we had to do after that summer? We had to prune it. Why? So that it can bear even more fruit. The quality and the size of the fruit that came the following year was bigger, better, more. Every year, the pruning takes place. So it can yield better. It's not that it didn't bear fruit, no. It had 650, and that is why the pruning was necessary. Jesus said that so beautifully in His Word. The tree that bears fruit, the Father prunes it so that it can bear even more fruit. As the Spirit of God is working in, in an individual, He takes us through the process. Trials and testing so that the faith of the person is tested even more at a deeper level so that greater work of God can be accomplished. More of the nature of Jesus Christ can be formed during this period. Something is happening. So when our faith is being tested, there is something that happens simultaneously in the lives, in the spirit man of those who believe in the faithfulness of God and His Word. So something happens. It's not just once that trial is over, God's glory is revealed. No. While the trial is happening, when you're trusting God, something glorious is accomplished in that person itself for all eternity. And then, you get the end result also once the trial is over. So, verse 4 is very important. Let patience have its perfect work. What do you have to do? You have to let patience have its perfect work. Who has to let? You. God is not going to do that for you. God is doing the forming work. He is giving you what you need to have. But who has the key to allow or disallow, not allow? You. You can either allow God's work to take place in your life by trusting in Him and by walking through the path that God has for you so that 
something glorious can be accomplished in you and the end result is going to be more glorious. Or you can kick and scream and say, well, I prayed and it's not happening and maybe, you know, it's not God's will and escape, try to escape. It's never going to be a blessing. But if you let patience have its perfect work in you, what happens in the lives of such people? They become perfect people, complete in Christ, not lacking anything. Not only what you are waiting for gets accomplished, but your spirit man comes to a level of perfection that God is looking for. Can you become perfect and complete in this world? This verse doesn't say, well, once you die, you become perfect and complete. No, it's talking about the perfection that God is looking for and the completion that God is looking for without lacking in the sight of God while you are on the face of the earth. Is it possible? Absolutely. But it is for those who keep their eyes on the promise giver and not let go of his promise. It's not that if he does it, he does it. You know, if he doesn't do it, it's okay. That's one level of being faithful to God, but you need to have faith in him, that he has the power and he will do it. Hold on to him. He will never let you down. Especially when you know that you're praying for things that are his will, expressed will. If you're praying for your marriage, you know God hates divorce. You know God is for the marriage. God wants to bless the marriage. God wants to prosper your marriage. If you're praying for the salvation of your loved ones, you know that it's God's will. I just gave you the scripture a little while ago. It's God's will for everyone to be saved. Is everyone going to get saved? No, because everyone has a choice. But can you pray? Because it's God's will. Can you pray for your loved ones? Absolutely. Will God hear your prayers? Absolutely. God will do everything in His power to turn your loved ones towards Him. However He wants to do it, He'll do it. We must pray with faith. Lord, Your Word says this. This is Your will. Lord, these are the children You've given. This is the spouse You've given. Or even if you would have married outside God's will and you didn't know at that point, that's fine. Marrying within God's will is the best thing. However, if it has happened, it's happened. Now they are your spouse. Will you just say that? I know some people, when they look for a way out, they'll say, well, you know, this is not God's will, so um, I'm going to divorce. That's not according to God's word. That's displeasing to God. You don't have the faith to put up and stand and be on your knees to see God work in the spouse's life. You need to have the character for that. Pray. Our God is a God who hears. Our God is a God who answers. Our God is a God who does miracles. He brings dead people back to life. He is the Lord God who brings dead people back to life. He can resurrect dead marriages. He can resurrect your dead spouse. He can resurrect your dead child. He can resurrect your dead parent. He can do whatever. Humans would say that it's impossible. Satan would say it's impossible. The whole world will scream and say it's impossible. It doesn't matter. Do you believe that it's possible with God? Does it word, does the word say all things are possible? To who? To those who believe. God's word doesn't say well, all things are possible and doesn't leave the rest hanging there. No. He says all things are possible to him who believe. Believe in what? In yourself? No. You and I cannot do anything apart from God. Our faith is in God. When we believe that He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. 
but everything you can ask or imagine put together, He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or imagine. When you see something go wrong, so to speak, it's time for you to be happy because God is about to do something. Even if it's a painful path. Jesus himself stood before Lazarus' grave and he wept. Jesus wept. It's not Jesus shed a tear. No, he wept. If God's word says he wept, that means he wept. It was painful for him to see the cry and the suffering that sin brought to people. It was painful for, the, for him to see his beloved Mary and Martha weeping there. The pain that they went through, he wept. So it doesn't mean that when you go through trials, oh, you don't cry or you don't feel the pain and you're just doing a happy dance all the time. No. Yes. In this world we have tribulation. Tribulation is pain. However, be of good cheer. That's where God's Spirit comes in. He comes in. Jesus, once he wept, then he had a shout where he brought Lazarus out. He said, Lazarus, come out. That should be the life of every believer. Whatever we go through, yes, it is the valley of Becca. Yeah, it is the valley of tears. Pain in your body, pain in your family, emotional pain, mental pain, physical pain, whatever pain it may be. We must understand through all of it, we have every reason to believe and rejoice in our spirit. Through all of it, keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author, perfecter, and the finisher of what? Your faith. It's your faith that's going to take you to heaven. It's your faith that brought you into the narrow path. It's your faith that will keep you in the narrow path. It's a faith that will take you all the way to heaven. It's a faith. And so... Every step of the way, that faith will be put to test. Because by faith we live. By faith we walk. It's by faith we overcome. It's by faith we finish this race. And Apostle Paul said this, I fought the good fight. What's that fight? It's a fight of faith. And what did he keep? He kept his faith. May God speak to our hearts this morning, which I believe he has. May he continue to speak to your hearts as you continue to meditate on what God is spoken to you this morning as Sarah kept her faith as she held on to the promise giver and his promise he, she counted him faithful she trusted her God the God of her husband with whatever she knew with the little strength she had, she believed in God, said, I'm coming, Sarah, I'm coming. Many times I spoke to Abraham by himself, but I'm coming today. I'm going to come, and I'm going to strengthen you. With what faith she had, she put that to use, and God came to her. Spoke to her directly, and she held on to that. With that word that she received from the Lord, Her faith in God shot up. Where she counted him faithful. When she placed her faith upon God, the promise giver, and upon the promise that the promise giver gave. Something happened. 
her weakness was replaced by the strength of God. God's strength is not something, well Sarah you're old, now you have some strength and you can just walk a little bit. No. She received that strength from God to conceive where suddenly her womb was quickened. Her body was quickened. Imagine like for her to bear the child at that old age, to go through delivery and to raise the child. Supernaturally God did something to her genes, something to her DNA, something to her physical condition that was dead. Supernaturally God did something to Abraham's body. It's a miracle. God did something to both of them because both of them believed in the Almighty God. But you know what? It brings us back to one person who believed in that household, which was Abraham. It was because of Abraham's faith, Sarah came to faith in God. Because of Abraham, Sarah's faith was solidified. Because of Abraham's walk. And because of their walk, Isaac became a man of faith. In your household, it could be you, one person. Make sure you have living faith. And when you're walking with God, know that you can have an influence on your spouse by your faith in God, by your prayer life, by you walking with God. You can have God do wonders in the life of your spouse and in the lives of your children and your entire generation. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. Thank you for what you have spoken this morning. I know you have spoken, Lord, to your people. I pray that you will continue to minister to their hearts and minister to their, to their souls, minister to their bodies in whatever area they are lacking, wherever they have pain, wherever, Lord, there is a need, wherever, Father, there is weakness. Spirit of the living God, God of Abraham and Sarah, I ask you, Lord, that may your people hold on to what you've spoken, the revelation that they've received thus far, so that they can see God do the impossible in their lives. For you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Oh, what a joy it is to be one with the Lord God Almighty. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because we have you. We thank you, Lord. You're the Lord God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. You are the Lord God who does the impossible. Hallelujah. And we thank you because we are your children and you are our Father. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, when we put our faith in you. You do a glorious work in our lives. While you're working things out for us, you're working in us, taking us to a far deeper level, more of the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. More like Jesus. Hallelujah. Patience of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah a whole new level when the trial seems longer and things look look like it's taking longer more of the glorious patience is being formed hallelujah when your faith is stretched when the test looks like it's long know that your patience is also growing simultaneously to a deeper level it's growing more hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Father, I thank you, Lord. I pray that you will bless your people this morning. Wherever they go, I pray, Holy Spirit, may they go knowing that you want them to go there. Whatever they speak, may they speak with the assurance that they are speaking within the will of God, within the boundary that you have set. Whomever they are texting, Lord, whatever they are doing with the contacts they have, 
May they make sure that they're doing it in a manner that is pleasing to the Father. Whatever interaction they have with their family, Lord, I pray, may it be honoring to you without putting another down. I pray throughout this day, O Heavenly Father, may their steps be ordered by the Almighty God. Lord, let no one think about anything that they're going through as if it is strange. But knowing that this is God-ordained path for every single believer. That we go with faith. That we walk every day, take every step by faith. Hallelujah. That we do things by faith in the faithfulness of the promise giver and his promise. Hallelujah. For every word of God is true. And you will fulfill everything that you have spoken right before our eyes. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. So we thank you for this week and we thank you for what you're going to do. That we refuse to walk by sight and we choose to walk by faith. In the faithfulness of the promise giver and his promise. And with this blessing, Lord, as your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people, Lord, this morning with a blessing that you alone can bless them with, that throughout this week, may they walk like how Sarah walked. May they have an influence on their family as how Abraham had. May their patience grow, Lord, whatever path that you're leading them through. That they may never be hasty, but they may yield themselves to the working of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, never give up, never lose hope. Every day, they expect God to do something in their lives. And if it doesn't happen, may they not lose hope. May they have their patience grow even more, knowing that it's happening, it's happening in the fullness of time. It's happening. Hallelujah. For he who promised is faithful. So I bless them with your blessing, O Lord, at this hour. May it rest upon them. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.